What is it that brings you joy? I don't mean what makes you happy, but what is it that brings you joy? What is it that makes you beam with pride or want to boast about something? We're going to be talking about joy today on Truth Tuesday. Hey everybody, Dan here, worship pastor at First Christian Church in Brazil, Indiana. And today I want to talk to you about the subject of joy. Now, joy is an incredibly deep subject. And so in a short term, short length video like this, there is no way we can possibly cover every single aspect of it. But what I, what I would like to do today for you is kind of zoom out and take a bit of a bird's eye view of what the Bible says about joy and how we should relate to it. Now, joy is foundational for the Christian life. It is absolutely essential for us to be able to both experience joy and receive joy from God. But let's start off like this. I want to, I want to paint a little bit of a picture here for you as we think about joy. It is the Christmas of 1993. I am 12 years old. And as I walk down the steps on Christmas morning, I hear the sounds of chiptune music coming from the television. And I come around the corner to see, to my heart's delight, Super Mario World on the TV screen. For Christmas that year, good old Santa Claus had brought me and my family a Super Nintendo entertainment system. And in that moment, it felt as though... Everything was right with the universe. I was filled with an exultation of ecstatic energy. And in that moment, I was filled with joy. Now, that might seem like a really silly example, but to a young kid, you know, all the fun that would come along with that goofy little entertainment system, all just the, the excitement of the Christmas season leading up to it, the anticipation, and then this massive payoff at the end of that really brought 12-year-old me a whole lot of joy. Now, the kind of joy we talk about in the Bible can have those kinds of feelings, that really exultation of ecstatic energy. However, there's a lot more to it. But what I want you to have a feeling of before we explore some of these verses is kind of have in your mind what it feels like to experience that joy. I want to start now. We're going to talk about a few different facets of joy. And the first one is having joy in the Lord himself. We're going to start with some of the easier ones, and then we're going to get to some of the more challenging ones here pretty soon. Let's start off with one of my favorite verses, very simple, Philippians chapter 4, verse 4, that simply says this, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. What is being said here? Take joy in the Lord. Celebrate the Lord. He is good. He is the source of all that's good. Along with taking joy in the Lord, there are tons of great scriptures in the Psalms. Too many for me to possibly include, but I love this one. Psalm 30 verse 11 says this, the psalmist writes, you turned my wailing into dancing. You removed my sackcloth and clothed me with joy. Now, you could, you could preach an entire message on this one verse alone, but let's look at what the psalmist says here. You took my crying, you took my pain, you took my anguish, and you turned it into dancing. It's kind of hard to dance 
when we're not feeling very happy or joyful, right? Dancing is exuberance. It's celebration. It's excitement. It says also, you removed my sackcloth, which were clothes that were worn in mourning and in pain. And you clothed me with joy. See, joy in the Lord. We rejoice in the Lord in part because he takes what is oppressing us and turns that around into something positive. He is well known for doing this. And it's one of the great things that he does for each and every one of us. And we can take extreme joy in that because of it. There's also joy to be had in just the fact that God has given us salvation. He's given us freedom from our sins. He has set us free from the shackles of what used to bind us. I love this passage from the book of Isaiah. Listen to this. Isaiah chapter 35 verse 10. Isaiah here is writing about the the experience of the salvation of God. He says they will enter Zion with singing. Everlasting joy will crown their heads. Gladness and joy will overtake them and sorrow and sighing will flee away. I love this because whereas before we were talking about what God does in this life, in this experience, turning our our wailing to dancing, here we are looking at what he is going to do in the eternity. As we reach the end of our experience here on this earth, we will be crowned with joy, be overtaken with gladness, and we will leave completely behind us sorrow. And I love the use of the word sighing. The size of dejection, the size of disappointment, the size of failure, all of that will be left behind. And so we can take true joy in the fact that we are saved, and that is what we are heading to. It's awesome. Joy also comes in some slightly more seemingly obscure forms. I want to look right now into this topic of having joy in obedience to Christ. Okay, we're going to go directly to the words of Jesus here in the book of John. We're going to go to the 15th, excuse me, to the 15th chapter. We're going to read two little verses. These are the words of Jesus, verses 10 and 11 of John chapter 15. Jesus says this, if you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. May you have complete joy by following the commands of Jesus. Now, keep in mind, this is not something he's just telling us. This is something he is modeling for us. He is saying here, do as I do, as I have done this for my father, so you do this for me. And we can take joy in this. Why? Because in following the commandments of Jesus, we can rest assured that we are in his love. In another passage of scripture, Jesus says, if you love me, you will obey what I command. There is this reciprocal relationship here where we show Christ given once again, we could get into that subject of we are not saved by our obedience, but we can have confidence through it that by obeying what Jesus has commanded, we are in his love and we can take joy in that obedience through that solid foundation of confidence in his love. Similarly to obedience, and this is where things begin to get a little more obscure, we also can express and experience joy through the difficult times. 
And this is where the rubber really meets the road for the Christian. This is where things really begin to get a little extreme and off the rails by the, the standards of the world around us. But let's, let's see this. I've got one scripture to share with you here, and I hope you recognize this because this scripture is essential for the Christian walk. This comes from the book of James, the very first chapter. James kicks off his letter with these, with these words, starting in the second verse. He says, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Now, this verse seems extremely antithetical. And once again, we could pick this verse apart for days and not plumb the depths of its total meaning. But once again, a bird's eye view. James is telling us to consider it joy when we have hard times. Now, that seems completely backwards, especially in our culture and society that tells us that when we have hard times, you know, we, we should react very negatively. We should, we should have anger towards it. We should, you know, try to, you know, seek revenge. I mean, there's all kinds of ways that we are sort of conditioned to react in negative situations. James comes along and says, when you go through hard stuff, take joy in it. And why? It's because... The testing of your faith produces perseverance. We can have joy in the trials because we can have confidence that through them, God is working in us. Through all the hard things we experience, God is working inside of us, doing a good work to produce good effects and to bring us closer to him. I love what James says at the end of this. It, he says, let perseverance finish its work so that you may, may be mature and complete. Completeness only comes through the work of God. And it is through those times of trial that we can even, even when things are tough, just like when we talked about having obedience, we can have confidence that God is still doing a good work, antithetical to the thinking that oftentimes surrounds us. But for the Christian, we can have joy in any circumstance. Quick recap. We went through a lot of stuff here today, but we can have joy in the Lord and what he does right now in his character in who he is and for how he interacts in our lives right here. And now we can have joy in the Lord for what we are looking forward to the salvation that has come and the eternity that we have in in perfection with him. We can have joy in following Christ's commands because our obedience to his commands displays our love to him and gives us confidence that he also loves us. And we can have joy in the hard times because no matter what we go through, Christ is still doing a good work inside of us. I want to leave you today with just one more scripture that says this better than any words I could use. This is from the book of Proverbs, and it simply says this, Proverbs chapter 17, verse 22, a joyful heart is good medicine, but a crushed spirit dries up the bones. A joyful heart is good medicine, but a crushed spirit dries up the bones. We want to be healthy. We want to be joyful. That is what God desires for us. 
And that is what will both make us more complete in him and more satisfied in our lives today. I hope this has encouraged you today, and I hope you have a wonderful Tuesday. See you next time. Thank you.